0: As I uh, began reflecting uh, on the year that was and started to prepare for this message and and began to think of things that uh, we experienced in 2020 that we need to get rid of, things that might have been clogging up our our junk drawers, um, metaphorical junk drawers in our lives, uh, I had a word that kept kind of coming to my spirit, um, coming to my mind, and uh, it was negativity. (laughs) And uh, if you ask my wife, Um, She would tell you that I'm a pessimist. I would tell you that I'm a realist. Uh, So this is a personal struggle for me. I uh, I found myself uh, uh, many times in 2020 um, struggling with negativity, and I found it clogging up my junk drawer. What I found was interesting is that in a a year like 2020, when you're going through a, a global pandemic, something interesting happens, and negativity actually becomes a positive thing. Right, like, you want that test to come back negative. And as I reflected on that, I, I started to think that has to have some kind of effect on our spirit. And when we're going through years like 2020, I think we, we, might, we, we might be careful or we'll become spreaders of negativity. And so, this year, as we step into 2021, um, I would like us to to consider emptying our junk drawers of all the negative things that we experienced in 2020, and replacing it with a more positive outlook for the year to come. And in order to do that, I would love to turn to a book in scripture written by uh, the Apostle Paul, who uh, we've already heard from this morning, um, but we 're going we 're going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians was written by Paul, who was one of the early church planters um, to a church that he planted in Philippi and uh, he wrote it and it is known as uh, the the letter of joy or the joy letter because uh, something like six or seven times Paul tells the people in Philippi to rejoice uh, eight times He uses the word joy. Um, this letter is about how to have joy in the middle of whatever circumstances come your way. And so, what better place to turn than the book of Philippians, the letter to the church at Philippi, uh, to learn what it means to have a positive outlook on 2021? And what, uh, what we'll find this morning is that Paul has a secret, he has a secret that allows him to, to trade in his negativity for positive, positivity, to remain positive in the middle of negative circumstances. And we'll learn more about that secret this morning. In uh, chapter one, verse 21, in the introduction to this letter, Paul says this, he says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And this is really our first kind of clue to what Paul's secret is. The, the secret to, to Paul's joy in the midst of uncertain circumstances, in the midst of negativity that, that sought to extinguish his purpose and strangle his joy, the, the secret is, is here. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Something that Paul uh, calls uh, the single mind. So our solution for negativity this morning is, is the single mind. And what do I mean by that? What does Paul mean by that? Well, this is this is the attitude of the single mind. It makes no different no difference what happens to me. Circumstances don't matter. Just as long as Christ is glorified and the gospel is shared with others or as Paul said it in that verse we already read, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. It's important for us to note that Paul is writing this letter from a prison cell. He's been uh, imprisoned for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as he's sitting there in chains, chained to a guard day and night, he writes these words, for me, To live is Christ, and to die is gain. Quite literally, you can let me out of this prison, let me go live my life, and I'm gonna go live it for Christ. I'm gonna keep doing the thing that got me here. I promise you. Or, you know what, you can kill me, and that's gain. Because for for Paul, Christ is his greatest gain. So if he's going to live, he's going to live in a way that honors Christ. And if he's going to die, he's going to gain because it's going to bring him closer to the love of his life, Jesus Christ. This is the type of single-mindedness that it takes to be positive in the midst of negativity. What often happens uh, when we encounter years like 2020 and we begin to um, kind of engage with negativity is... um, there's two kind of battlefields that this happens on. It's our hearts and our minds. And Paul will tell us more about that later. What ends up happening is our minds begin to engage in wrong thinking. And that wrong thinking in our minds begins to lead to wrong feelings in our hearts. And so the negative thinking in our mind begins to infiltrate our hearts and make us feel that negativity. But we will learn this morning that single-mindedness that Paul teaches us about in this passage leads to a secure mind and a satisfied heart. So this is how Paul starts. Uh, the passage we're going to be in this morning is at the end of the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4. We're going to start there. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice. It's like, Paul's like, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. And if you didn't hear me, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Right? Clearly, the the repetition is important here. He wants us to do one thing. What is that? Rejoice, right? Paul is concerned about giving us joy in the middle of our circumstances. How do we do that? Well, we have a single mind that says, it doesn't matter what happens to me. We rejoice in the Lord. Not in our circumstances. Not in The things that we accomplish, or the things that are happening to us, we rejoice in the Lord. And always. So it's clear that there is never a situation where joy is not the answer. Rejoice in the Lord, not your circumstances, always. And then listen here, he he does this in the future, he says, and again, I will say, future tense. Rejoice. He's like, if I come back again to Philippi or I write you another letter, you can expect to hear it again like a drone droning on and on and on. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. And he continues, let your reasonableness, or a a, a more true translation might be gentleness, be known to everyone. For the Lord is at hand. You see, uh, Paul understands that if you find your joy in God, always, only, instead of the circumstances of your life and the trappings of this world, then you will be freed to be gentle and humble of heart. He says the Lord is at hand because Paul wants to remind us that the Lord is near. And oh man, were there times in 2020 when it felt like God was pretty distant. Hey, I don't know if you see what's going on down here, God, but uh, it's pretty messed up. Where are you? What's going on? I felt really far away. But, but Paul is here to remind us, no, 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 the Lord is at hand. He's near. He's close. And as a result of that, we can find joy in him always. He continues on and he says, do not be anxious about anything, right? This is, the, this is the, uh, the negative way to say what he just said. Rejoice in the Lord always is a positive. Do not be anxious about anything. So now he's telling us what not to do. Always rejoice, never be anxious about anything. So again, the answer is always joy, and it's never anxiety. Continues, but in everything, there it is again, right? These are broad terms. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We're going to be armed with uh, three tools this morning that are going to help us understand what it means to live uh, with a positive outlook in 2021. And the first is found here. Write, praying. Praying. 4 6 uh, again says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer. Right? So, so Paul's like, The answer to the anxiety, the negative things that are happening in your life, is to pray. Right praying will change your outlook. And this is what we learn. We learn that the joy of God that Paul introduced us to in verse four dictates our prayer life. The joy, when we rejoice in the Lord always, that dictates the way that we pray. And, and, and Paul gives us a guidebook. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. And this is just kind of the run of the, the mill word for prayer, it just means to kind of submit your requests to God. But wrapped up in this word in the Jewish culture was this idea of adoration, all right? And so when you came to God and gave him your requests, it always started with adoration. And so for us, right prayer always starts with adoring the goodness of God, praising God for his goodness. I had a friend this week when we were talking about this message I was preparing for. Uh, They said, you know, uh, going through 2020, um, was was tough, and we lost a lot. But as I look back, if I really reflect, I can still see moments where God was good to us. That type of perspective only comes from a life of right prayer. That said, I'm gonna take the time to, to reflect and to give God the praise he is due for his goodness. To me, But Paul continues, he says, But in everything by prayer and supplication, this idea that you go and you give God your request, that he would supply everything that you need. And so not only do we adore the goodness of God, we actually now make an appeal to the goodness of God. Because we recognize that God is a good God who wants to give us the things that we need. And so, after praising him for his goodness to us, we then appeal to that same goodness to supply all that we need in life. And then listen, and then it continues, but in everything by prayer and supplication, once he meets those requests with thanksgiving. Right? Oh, no, no, it just says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Right? Because... And the way that Paul is teaching us to pray, right prayer that leads us to positivity, thanksgiving comes before our requests have been made, known to God. So, so we, we adore the goodness of God. We appeal to his goodness. And before he even answers, we appreciate the goodness We show gratitude and thanksgiving for the ways that God has been good to us in the past. And we thank him for the way that we know he's going to be good to us in the future because we know that even though our circumstances might change, our God never does. And so we appreciate his goodness as we let our requests be made known to him. Check this out. Let's kind of smush four and six together a little bit. It says, let your gentleness be known to everyone. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul's certainly doing something here, right? This is is a, a passive thing that happens to you, right? As you are gentle, let it be known to everyone. Let people recognize that in you. But as you're making your requests known to God, this is an active thing that you take part in. You make your requests known to God. And so, what, like, why are these things similar? It's because Paul wants people to hear your gentle responses. And he wants God to hear the cries of your heart. We have the ability to, to go to God with our requests, our needs, our brokenness, our concerns, and lay all of our negativity at the feet of God. And in so doing, We are freed up to be known by everyone for our gentleness, to be peaceful and and merciful and kind to others. So in 2021, can, can we agree to let our negativity burden God, who is never burdened by the things that we bring to him, instead of allowing our negative outlook to burden others around us? by the way that we grumble and complain. Can we just can we agree that we're not going to engage in divisive rhetoric? Okay, so we have this amazing gift in our world called social media. It gives each of us a voice, right? Sometimes it makes us feel like we matter. It gives us a platform to say the things that we're feeling. How different Would 2021 be than 2020 if we just made a pact, you and I right here, sitting here today, that we were only going to post positive things on social media? That if we allowed the audience of social media to consume positive things from us, and we took our negative requests to the throne of God and allowed Him to be the audience, all the things that are burdening us don't spill. Boil the world with those. Don't let your negativity overflow into the world. Take those things to God. He can handle it. And when we have our joy in the Lord, rooted in a God who meets our requests, then we will be freed up to be this kind of countercultural, gentle ber- person who spreads positivity to anyone who's willing to listen. Then we might actually be a people known for kindness, Right? I think the world at large kind of misused social media last year. I think the church was really guilty of it. What if we took a look at ourselves in the mirror and said, hey, we're going to do something different in 2021. We're going to be people of positivity. We'll let God handle all the negative feelings and, and thoughts that are clouding our judgment. When we do that, listen to what Paul says happens. happens. and the peace. Whew. And this isn't your old run of the meal peace. This is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Wait, So Paul, you're telling me that I can't comprehend it? No, no, no. You can comprehend it. What I mean by surpassing all understanding is that The peace of God extends beyond our feeble human attempts to reason our way out of anxiety and negativity. When we encounter anxiety, our default oftentimes, I know it's for me, I did it all the time in 2020, is to try to will ourselves out of it, to try to think our ways out of it, try to reason our ways out of it. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. The peace of God that you're searching for, it surpasses your understanding. You can certainly comprehend it, but you can never attain it because it's God's peace only comes from him. But Check this out. Paul says it will guard your hearts and your minds, right? The seats of anxiety, the seats of negativity. The, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. And, 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 and remember, Paul is writing this in prison. He is chained to a Roman guard. <laughs> So he's using that exact image to show you that this piece of God will never leave your side. If it has to, it'll chain itself to you so that it can guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus so that you can be freed from negativity for positivity. Paul understands that, that prayer and thankfulness in all circumstances releases a peace from God that's beyond our mental ability to produce. And the peace of God, when it comes upon our hearts and minds, when we are in Christ Jesus, it it begins to kind of sit at the gates of our hearts and guard us from feelings of negativity. God, in the person of Christ Jesus, brings us a peace through the Holy Spirit that we could not attain on our own. And this peace stands at the threshold of our mind and barricades us from negative thoughts but what you're about to find out is that peace that comes from God it doesn't lead us into passivity it is a restful peace but it calls us to action it opens our hearts and our minds now to the presence of God and Paul explains this by showing us that when we are emptied of negativity we are to be filled with the peace of God and that will change how we think, and so not only will we have a new way of praying, a right type of prayer, we will have a new way of thinking, a right thinking for the new year. This is how Paul describes it here. He says, finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And and, and what we're going to find is that that peace of God that comes and sits in our hearts and our minds, that peace of God dictates our thought life, gives us a new way of thinking. And the the word that Paul uses for thinking there is actually to like meditate on or, or dwell in, to live in those words, let's, just, let's go through them one more time. Things that are true. There was a, a 2006 study by a man uh, named Dr. Walter Cavert, and it found that 40% of the things that we worry about never actually happen. 30% of our worries actually concern things that happened in our past. 12 um, are needless worries about our health, which may not have been so needless in a year like 2020. 10% are insignificant, and petty, and so I'll just do the math for you real quick. That leaves about 8% as actually legitimate concern. This means that 92% of our negative thoughts are over things that will never happen or things that we have no control over. So wouldn't it do our world a little good to just dwell on things that are actually true in 2021? Like some absolute truth, that we might dwell in the goodness of God, dwell in in these good things. Paul continues on, things that are honorable, things that are just. Now, don't be confused. This doesn't mean that we just stick our heads in the sand, and when we encounter things that are dishonorable or unjust, We just turn the other way. No, no, no. We think about things that are honorable and just so that when we encounter dishonor, when we encounter injustice, we do something about it because we think differently about it. We dwell on the honor and the justice of God and that causes causes us into action. He continues, things that are pure, things that are lovely. Man, I could use a little beauty in 2021. Things that are commendable, worth talking about. Things that are excellent. Things that are praiseworthy. This word for excellent that Paul uses, it, it's, it's uh, the Greek word for virtue. And, and Paul is indebted to kind of the Greek philosophers of the time. He's trying to steal some of their language here. And, and virtue is anything that motiv- motivates us to do good. And so Paul's like, if there's anything in this world that motivates you to do good, think about that. Or, or if it's praiseworthy. If it's worthy of of sharing, worth recommending to others. Well, think about those things. And unfortunately, this is not a buffet. We don't just get to come and choose the dishes we like. This is an all-encompassing list. Paul's like, take captive, he says this in Corinthians, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Any thought that does not fall in this realm is wrong thinking. And if we're going to survive in 2021, we're going to do it by thinking rightly. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. When you go home this afternoon, crack open your Bible, turn to the middle of it, book of Psalms, go to chapter 119. It's a a chapter uh, that was written by by David. It's, It's a poem about David's love for Scripture. I want you to read it and find each of these words in it. It's a long chapter, but what you'll begin to find is that right thinking means dwelling on the word of God. When we begin to live in God's word, when it begins to consume us, when we, we, we are meditating in it, and it begins to marinate us, we begin to think correctly. It doesn't stop there. Paul says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. It's not only about right prayer and right thinking. It's about right living. Paul begins to, uh, he understands that, that as we begin to change our prayer life and change our thought life, that moves us into action. It moves us into a right way of living. And notice, Notice here he says, uh, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. It's like, well, but Paul, you already told me that the peace of God will be with you. He's like, no, no, you misheard me. The God of peace will be with you. And that's something else entirely. Because before you just had peace. But now you actually have the presence of the God who can bring peace. Paul understands that right praying, right thinking, these things can bring peace to our hearts and minds. But it's only when we begin to put those things into action, when we begin to embrace right living, that the presence of God is welcomed into our lives. Because the presence of God dictates how we live our life. Right praying brings the joy of God. Right thinking produces the peace of God. Right living enables fellowship with God. We, we serve a holy God; He can't associate with things that are not righteous. And so, until we begin living right, the presence of God, the God of peace, will not be with us. So it's, it's these three weapons. When 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 we use them against negativity, they begin to welcome the presence of God in our lives. And what we find is what we learned at the beginning. Single-mindedness leads to a secure mind and a satisfied heart. Paul explains it this way. Continues in verse 10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. All Paul is saying here is he's thanking the Philippians for sending him aid for uh, the next part of his missionary journey. And uh, he's just grateful, right? He's writing them a letter. But he continues in verse 11. He says, not that I am speaking of being in need. He he doesn't want them to be confused. He's like, I'm not thankful for you because you met my needs. Because I don't need to be. Because I have learned, in whatever situation I'm in, to be content. Satisfied. Uh, I've heard people... Uh, deciding that they're going to have a word for the new year. I didn't know this was a thing. Um, I'm going to do it this year. My first year, I'm going to do it. And here's my word for 2021. You guys ready? Whatever. Whatever. Kind of fitting, right? Because I, I, I want 2021 to be a year where I decide that I am content. Whatever. Whatever may come. Whatever happens. There's a lot of uncertainty. In this this letter to the the Philippines, there's uncertainty. To the Philippians, there's uncertainty. Right? There's internal conflict going on in the church. There's external conflict from enemies. Paul himself is in prison. Listen, I, I don't know what 2020 did to you. And I don't know what 2021 holds for you. I don't know what internal conflicts you might be dealing with. And I don't know what enemies you might be facing. I certainly don't know the things that are imprisoning you, keeping you enchained. But I do know that Jesus does. And he's gonna go with us in the 2021. Whatever happens. And Paul would say, say to us that if we, if we want a whatever kind of outlook on 2021, then we should think about whatever. Whatever is true. Whatever is pure. Whatever is honorable. Whatever is praiseworthy. If it's excellent, think about whatever. He's content in any situation. And he continues on. He says, I know how to be brought Low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstances. whatever comes. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And here we are at this secret, one of the greatest mysteries of Scripture. What is Paul's secret? How is he so content in the middle of negative circumstances? Tell us, Paul. Can I just tell you what I think it is? <clears throat> Jesus. I think it's Jesus. I think Paul's decided that he's only content with Jesus and that nothing else matters. He has this single mind that we talked about earlier. And then we get to this Philippians 413, which I'm sure you heard. It's probably on like a poster at, a, at an office that you've been in, with like a cat hanging onto a string, right? Or at a rock climbing gym about how high you can get up the rock wall. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And we usually twist this to be about you know the things that we can accomplish, all of the success that we can, all of the abundance that we can have in, in, in Jesus as he strengthens us. <clears throat> but what what we do is we just rip it completely out of its context. We've been reading this morning. What are the all things that Paul says he can do? He can be low. He can be in need. He can be hungry. He can be content in all things because he gets his strength from Jesus. You see, I can do all things. It's not about triumph as much as it is about trial. And it's less about Jesus providing us the strength to secede, it's really more about Jesus strengthening us to endure suffering. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This isn't about self-sufficiency, The emphasis is not on what you can do, it's on Christ strengthening you. This is about Christ sufficiency that produces a right way of praying, a right way of thinking, a right way of living, but not for the purposes of self-glorification. Because look, Paul says, I've learned what it means to be content even when I abound, even when I have abundance, even when I have plenty, because it's not about me. I am only gratified in God and God's glorification, It's not about self-glorification, it's about the glory of God through the work of Jesus Christ manifesting itself in our lives. This is how Paul kind of sums it up earlier in the letter, the previous chapter. He says, but whatever gain I had, I had counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. The surpassing worth. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul's like, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Because my gain is Christ. Christ. And he's my only gain. I can lose everything, and it doesn't matter because I have all that I need in Christ. I can gain it all, and it doesn't matter because it all pales in comparison to what I already have in Christ Jesus. All that matters to Paul is Jesus and the gospel. That's the secret. The secret to positive contentment in the face of negativity is to treasure Jesus above all things or as Paul says it for me to live is Christ and to die is gain I can do all things through him who strengthens me listen I don't think we're out of the woods yet I know you didn't want to hear that this morning I think there's more darkness ahead in 2021. We live in a broken world. I think there's gonna be more valleys in our future. But oftentimes it takes just as much strength to endure the valley as it does to reach the summit. And so if all we do is get through the valley, man, that took a lot of strength. Jesus working in us. And what we'll find is that the strength of God dictates the purpose of our life. The strength of God at work in us changes what we live for. It changes what matters to us. We begin to say with Paul (laughs) that crazy statement me to live is Christ and if I die well it's just gain because it gets me closer to him in chapter 2 Paul kind of sums all of this up do all things there's all things that all the things that Jesus strengthens you to do do them without grumbling or disputing without negativity. Leave it in the past. Get it out of your junk drawer. That you may be blameless and innocent so that you can pat yourself on on the back? No, no, no. Because that's how you know that you are children of God. Without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation so that we can tell them how crooked and twisted they are. No. Because you've been called to shine as lights in the world. See, 2021 is going to have enough darkness of its own. I want to be a part of living a new way, praying a new way, thinking a new way so that I might shine a little positivity into the darkness so that, don't miss this, so that Jesus will get all the glory and his name will be the name above every name and his gospel will advance. Will you pray with me? Father God, man, we are so in awe of your goodness to us. We don't deserve it. We ask that you would meet our needs and we are grateful for the way that we are expecting you to already do so because we know that you're a good God whose promises never change. God, will you begin to transform our minds and our hearts to reflect the mind and the heart of Jesus who risked it all so that he might shine some light into the darkness. God, we need you. We need your strength to do whatever it is this year has in front of us. And in all things, we worship you. We give you the glory. I pray all this in your name, in the good name of Jesus.